I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic, a sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. In the air, everywhere. The podcast dojo is open for business. The on-air light is flashing. I'm actually on the live air. Yes. It's the fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G Radio. Who? Because, listen, five hours a day. Not enough. Well, that's actually four hours a day. See, four hours. It seems like five hours, but it's four. I don't even know how long I'm on the radio, Danny. It's four hours a night. It's not trigonometry. It seems like five hours, but it's four hours a night. <laughs> With how late you run the clock at the network, it is five hours. Well, I I use the clock as a tool. I don't believe in the clock being a hard line clock. Okay, Brandon Staley. It's like the spirit of the law or the letter of the law. I think the clock is a spirit of the law, not the letter of the law. You're like Nathaniel Hackett. You need a special advisor for the clock. Yeah. I want you to know that I run the two-minute drill better than anybody. I can jam more stuff in a two-minute segment than anyone else. My right hand was getting a workout. That is true. I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll be like, damn, he did all that in two minutes? 
Now, unfortunately, not everyone that I have worked with over the years enjoys the speed racing through a segment. They do not like that, and that does become a problem. But anyway, let's get on with the show. We got a big old mailbag here, so let's strike up the band. Ohio Al, do your thing, Ohio Al. It's in the bag. All right. Very nice. And these are actual letters by actual listeners. Danny G. I love the mailbag. It's one of my favorite things that I do during the week, answering listener questions. And and this is a totally unique feature. There's nothing right. else quite like this. Yeah. It's so unique. You do it twice a week. No, no, I, no, 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 no. That's incorrect. That is a terrestrial radio bit. That's Podcasting's cool, Danny. We're cool doing the podcast. Anything on radio, I mean, come on, it's radio. But the podcasting, that's where all the hipsters are at. Right here, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. It's so 2017. <laughs> they don't make movies about radio anymore, but they make movies about podcasting. Let me tell you that right now. They love their podcast. All right. Anyway, let's get to it here. And the first email. I got mail. Yay. I got mail. Yay. This comes from Ulysses in Parts Unknown. He says, Ben and or Danny G, please see the attached new proposal for the mailbag jingle. He says uh, he wants us to play this on on the areas. I guess he's upset with Ohio Al. Oh, do we got a battle? We have a jingle battle, Danny. Are you prepared to hear Ulysses' version of a jingle? He says here, well, I'm going to read this last part after we play it. I want you to hear it, and then right. you're a professional DJ. You've been in radio for years. You know audio, Danny, so you're the perfect guy to judge. But here is Ulysses and his version of what he would like us to play, the mail jingle, mailbag. Here it is. Uh, what's next in the mailbag? <laughs> Ulysses <laughs> says it took, he says it took a guy 30 minutes with no musical skills. Me to make, make the, uh, the chick. <laughs> wait, that took, wait, that took three minutes or 30 minutes. Oh, he said 30 minutes. He said, I'm reading the email right here. He says it took, it took a guy 30 minutes with no musical skills. <laughs> what did he do with the other 27 minutes <laughs> yeah you didn't need to tell us you have no musical skills uh, i'm terrible at music but i believe i could have done just as well but thanks for the effort ulysses you get a little gold star for the effort and never do that again never ever do <laughs> that so again bad. It's so good that I want to use it next week and the week after that and the week after that. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Let's get to the real mailbag. Here we go. Mike from Fullerton writes, and he says, hey, guys, if Jeff Saturday decides to fill his staff with the Colts with a bunch of TV and radio personalities, would either of you be interested in the job or would you hold out for a better team than the Colts? Uh, that's signed Mike from Fullerton. Danny, you're about to get married. You just get you got a big time show you're working on during the week here. Uh, would you would you go to the Colts? 
Well, yeah, because I think the Colts have decent ownership and a good general manager. They've had issues, obviously, with uh, free agent signings and things like that. But overall, good fan base, good stadium. You could turn that sucker around, and then you'd be a hero there in Indianapolis. You go to the Colts, even if they blow, you go to the Colts because life's all about the stories you pick up along the way. Can you imagine the stories we would get, Danny, from being an assistant coach for Saturday with the Colts who play on Sunday uh, and how how crazy that would be? Absolutely. I did my radio hit in Kansas City this week, and we were talking about Jeff Saturday, and I was like, he ought to just put a dream team of TV and radio people together. Like hire Stephen A. as his defensive coordinator. You don't want to make an enemy out of me. Skip Bayless as his <laughs> offensive coordinator. Colin Cowherd can coach the special teams. You know, just hire all these guys, like all these blowhards that are on TV and radio and just see what they can do. Why not? That would be awesome. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be so good. So Florio could be the kicking coach. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Florio would be—he'd be in charge of. Florio's in charge of the punter. Yeah, yeah, the, the punter and the no, no, the person, the long snapper. He's in charge of the long snapper <laughs> or the the person that runs out to take the tee off the field. That guy, uh, that that's, that's what he does there, and he the crowd goes wild. Oh yeah, yeah, that's diarrhea. All right. Next, this is the actual mailbag. Come back, pay attention. It's time for mail call. Barry in Nashville says, yo, yo, ma, Benny, being a big time star that you guys are, have you ever had folks come up to you when you were out in public and ask for a picture or an autograph? And if so, is this frightening or flattering? It has not happened that often. It does happen every once in a while. It happened in the days way before Twitter, it's happened a little bit more because people see what we look like now because of the videos the company makes and things like that. Uh, and it's that's never been frightening. I've never been frightened by it. Uh, I, I don't think I've always been flattered. Uh, I, I have had people come to me, uh, usually at like Staples, uh, it used to be Staples Center or Dodger Stadium, some sports venue, because uh, that's, you know, that's our meat and potatoes, Danny, is sports. And so... Yeah. But I did have somebody come up to me at Tito's Tacos, which was pretty cool, this this taco shop in Culver City, and they recognized me from the radio. And so that was that was kind of neat. But I've never it's never been where I've been like like scared. Some of the people have been very interesting. And and I'll say that, but I, I don't know, like scared would be the word. I'm a pretty big guy. I think I can kind of protect myself uh, for the most part. So I'm not really frightened by too much and it's it's nice that someone thinks you're cool enough they want to get a picture with you or the the autograph thing. What about you, Danny? You've worked in radio a long time. Have you been recognized yeah. out and about? Well, the late 90s to about 2003, I had that really nice run at KCAQ. So doing morning drive, especially for that hip-hop R&B radio station, I was like their version of Big Boy at Power 106 back in the day. It was like, you know, a lot of pictures and stuff like that, especially when you were out at remotes. Uh, the one thing that was embarrassing, though, is we had like body solutions and MD weight control as sponsors that we had to read during morning drive. Right. So I remember one time I'm sitting in Port Wainini, California at Carl's Jr. And I'm about to take a huge bite out of a Western bacon cheeseburger. And I hear somebody from behind me say that MD weight control is coming in handy, huh? 
<laughs> that's great. That's so, so funny. Yeah. As many autographs and pictures that occurred, I also had a lot of moments like that where people were watching you for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Well, I did the Body Shaper Body Solutions commercials. We were number two in the market in LA. The only show that sold more of that was Howard Stern, who was the number one show in the market. We were not the number one show in the market, but we did very well with that. And I had the same thing, Danny. And I was really, I was like, a, I was just fat. I was a double wide trailer when I was doing this. And I I was not losing weight. And people would come up to me at remotes and say, well, you're doing the commercials. You said you're losing weight. You look as fat as ever. You know, they were doing that kind of thing. I was like, yeah. yeah. Like, right. It was so embarrassing. Yeah. And that body solutions, you remember, one teaspoon before bed, and it does all the work. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was uh, yeah. But the 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 gimmick, and I guess can we say it now? The statute of limitations has run out. I think we can say it. Sales staff made us do it. No, no, we didn't want to do it, but they they told us to do it. And the whole gimmick was, don't eat three hours before bed, and then it was essentially it caused you to shit. It gave you the Montezuma's revenge, and then. So you, if, first of all, if you don't eat three hours before bed, you're going to lose weight anyway, right? I mean, that they tell you don't eat before bed. Yeah. Your stomach's so a lot of people eat right before bed, or they'll get a snack, and that's just people like to eat whatever. And I, I was the same way up until a few years back when I stopped. But, but if you don't eat three hours before bed, you're going to lose weight, and then they, they whatever you ate, they'll have you shit out, and so there you go. That's uh, that's how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, for a little while there, fat blockers were all the rage. And that's what MD weight control did. I would take the fat blockers with with my meal. And then based on what the meal was, all this orange oil would come out of your orifices. Diarrhea. And it was so nasty that it made you not want to ever eat a slice of pizza because then you really had an orange oil spill. Yeah. And Horrible. I, I have that obstacle since my gallbladder went out. I guess I have my own natural fat blocker. Because I have, when I, if I if I go too long with a fast, and I because of my gallbladder, it it does uh, kind of look uh, that uh, that direction. But we're talking about shit. Barry, yeah, my Barry asked about <laughs> about autographs and pictures. We're talking about taking a dump <laughs> and uh, fat blockers and all this. The, the beauty of the male. It's all connected. It is all connected. Yeah, it's uh, the the hip bones connected to yeah, you know that whole thing, the bone song yeah, to the shit bone. Yeah, exactly. The big take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He got his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come on in, man. All right, next up, Jed Who Fled. This is the real Jed Who Fled, not to be confused with the fake Jed Who Fled. This is the authentic Jed Who Fled. And he writes, what up, Jed? he says, uh, guys, what percentage of people in in your life are you comfortable talking politics and religion with? Now, that's a great question. Uh, I don't talk religion with pretty much anybody uh, in 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 the circle. Politics, I have, I have a group of people who are aligned with my beliefs politically, who we we text and things like that. Uh, then I have a group of people who are on the extreme, on like the other side, and then I'll uh, we'll go back and forth and bust each other's chops. Uh, some of those people, but I, but oh, I, that one's your Scientology group chat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, but but no, I mean, I, for the most part, I, I don't. Just like with my regular friends, I mean, do we talk about politics? No, we don't talk about politics. We don't talk about religion because I learned not to talk about politics and not to talk about religion. Uh, and these are these are taboo subjects. And so, Jed, I don't usually do that. Um, just to avoid the, because you don't know where people sit on that. And then if you, if they, if they're really hardcore into politics and I'm not like, people think I'm hard, I'm not real hardcore into politics. I, I'm interested as I've gotten older, I've gotten more interested in politics, but I'm, I think the whole world's fucked it, it politically. So I don't really spend that much time worried about it. Uh, and then the, the religious stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all have thoughts. And so as you get older, you think more about that. You're, you're wondering what's going on and all that, but I don't, I don't obsess about any of that stuff. What about you, Danny? Never thought I would ever talk about any of that on the radio until I met this man named Clay Travis. <laughs> and right. Clay could turn any conversation political. Talk! And there would be mornings where behind the scenes we'd be saying, please don't come to us. Please don't come to us. Please don't come to the crew. Please, please, please don't ask the crew what we think about this. And then he would stop and he'd say, let me go to the crew. What say you guys? <laughs> box you in man um, box you in yeah yeah and you know a lot of the times i disagreed with them which made for a good conversation there were other times i agreed with them you know back and forth 50 50 but he liked that because he would always say 
am I nuts? Am I nuts here? Yeah, actually, in this case, you are nuts. But yeah, most of the time, Ben, you're right. In the world that we work in, you don't talk about religion, especially not on the air, and you don't talk about politics. Yeah, exactly. And people generally, I know Clay did his thing, and he it worked out well. He got the Rush Limbaugh job, uh, Rush's chair, which is an amazing uh, compliment to, to, to Clay, but usually people tune in they don't want to hear any of that you know to what we do they want to hear us uh, break down how uh, effed up the astros are or something like that or talk football for the most part uh jed also says do you think merging the machine or merging with machines brain chips etc is a wise idea as well as the prolification of all things ai well Anything can be good or bad. That's I think like you look at like nuclear weapons, they were designed to be good, right? In theory, they were good. Now they can be used terribly wrong and it depends who's in charge of said nuclear weapons. But I think it is amazing the technology that is right around the corner where there are people right now that are paralyzed. There are people that are blind. There are people that have all these these lifetime illnesses that with the proper microchip will be able to see or be able to walk again. I think that is amazing. And how how are we to stop that from happening? How are we to say that can't happen? Uh, now, at the same time, that technology can be used for really bad. But does the good outweigh the bad? And I think the good does outweigh the bad in that. And then we're all getting older, and the idea that certain things could cause us to live a better life, a better quality of life, live, have us live longer. I think that's a wonderful thing. And as far as the AI, I'm not, I'm not spooked out by it. I think the balance has to be that I'd, I'd much rather deal with a human being than, than AI. But I do know when I go to the grocery store, I like doing the self-checkout thing or whatever my side. I don't think that's AI, but I like doing my own thing. And all that. Uh, and then he says, lastly, most importantly, will the Seminoles beat the Gators in a couple of weeks? Yes, for you, I hope that that happens. Uh, Danny, what, where are you at on brain chips? Uh, you uh, pro-brain chip, anti-brain chip? Yeah, I'm with you. If it helps people with ailments, that's awesome. Now, I, I can't think of the name of the show. I think it was a Netflix show where if you had an issue with your body or a certain body part, they would turn that part of your body into a robot to keep you alive. So everybody walking around had certain degrees of electronics. Now, I like that, Ben, because my lower back has been barking lately. And if they could just take out my lower back and put robotics there, dude, I'd be set. I'd go play Nerf football again. So you've got your lower back. I've got my right knee, which is all screwed up. We're doing pretty well over here, Danny. Doing good, right? Life's good. Life's good. Well, the good thing, if, when you go to Hawaii here, just stay in the water. You you won't feel any pain. Your back will feel great. In the oh, water. dude, I'm going to lay out on that warm sand, stretch out as far as I can stretch, and lay in that position for hours. Now, are you guys going to unplug? What's the plan here? Are you going to be locked in your phones? Are you going to leave those behind? Like, Are you going to limit that to a couple hours a day or an hour a day? Like, What's the deal? Good question. We haven't talked about that yet. Suggestions? Well, uh, my wife will laugh if she hears this because she says, oh, you're always on your phone, you know, and all that. But we had in, in part of Hawaii, we had no cell reception, so we couldn't be on our phones, which was kind of cool. 
And I think if, we, if you could limit it to, a, you know, maybe at the end of the day, you, you check your phone to see what's going on in the world. I think that would be the way to do it. Cause there's, you're laying in the beach, you're swimming with sea turtles, you're doing that kind of stuff. Do you really want to worry about what some douchebag on on the Internet's talking about? You know what I mean? I mean, I think we're going to have to carry the phones with us to communicate with family members who are also there on the island. Oh, okay. So kind of use them as walkie-talkies, Twitter and Facebook and all that. I'm definitely going to unplug from that sort of social media, I think. Yeah, you got to enjoy the the place. You know, li- live in the moment, my man. You got to live in the moment. All right, next one from Joe and Darcy in Florida. And the email writes, uh, Joe and Darcy write in, I only email you a few times a year, so I have to make this one count. This has been bothering me for a while, and I have had a theory for a while about one of America's most beloved game shows, and I can no longer keep my theory to myself. And Joe and Darcy right? I believe Pat Sajak might be the original Marty Bird. It's an Ozark reference. Uh, let me explain. He says the average trip that they give away once a show almost always has a value of $8,000. It doesn't matter whether the trip is skiing in Vermont or going to a place like Mexico or Costa Rica. Uh, Joe writes, I have been fortunate enough to, to in life, he says, to have stayed in some of the very places, and the math makes no sense. Wheel of Fortune flies people coach, not first class. On the high end, the cost maybe is $500 a ticket for two people, $1,000 total. That leaves $7,000 for food and hotel. The hotels I've stayed in, that are often featured have rooms that might approach $300 a night. But often they are less than that, assuming the high end there that leaves about $5,500 after the hotel is dealt with. Now, this guy, Joe, went deep, man. He went deep. He says, is it possible, Joe and Darcy, right, is it possible that Vanna and Pat have been laundering money in plain sight? This could explain why Chuck Woolery had to be removed in the early 80s. I admit it might sound crazy, and I came up with this when drinking with Coda the cat, and everyone knows Coda sucks. Uh, this does not change that the uh, this does not change that the the math, no matter how you work it, does not add up. You also have to assume that Wheel gets some sort of corporate frequent user deal that makes the discrepancy in money even more glaring. What do you think? Have I blown the lid off a major scandal? The email writes from Joe and Darcy in Florida. Is it worthy of an investigation documentary? And will crime Lord Sajak seek vengeance on me? Please let me know. Uh, again, signed Joe and Darcy in Florida. Well, that is an unexpected email, Joe and Darcy. I've actually met Pat Sajak a few times. He's got the greatest life, Danny. Pat Sajak, he lives in the Washington, D.C. area. I think he lives in Maryland. He flies out to California like three or four times a year, and when he flies out, they film – like 50 episodes of Wheel of Fortune in a week or something like that, some ridiculous number. And then he flies back and that's it. And and, and all that. The, the, the game show prizes, do they do the dollar amount for tax reasons? Is there a reason that it's always around $8,000, you think, Danny? Is there some kind of tax loophole 
Could that be why the number's always around the same for those prize packages? I never thought I would research something like this, but now he's piqued our interest to the point where I'm actually going to start Googling this to find out what the hell is up with that. And I would like to tell that couple, Ben, that yes, they are hired as my next attorney. Yeah, Joe and Darcy. I want to have some of what they're having, having Danny, because uh, they and Coda the Cat <laughs> living their best life. That is for sure. Uh, next up on the mailbag, Kevin in Kansas writes in says, Dear Ben and Danny G, I enjoy Ben's Liberty Valance reference about when the legend becomes the fact. Print the legend. I picture some of the classic Westerns and think about people who saw those films in the original theater uh, when it was released in the theater originally. What Westerns do you wish you could have seen on the big screen back in their heyday? That's signed Kevin in Kansas. Well, a lot of those old spaghetti Westerns, Danny, would be kind of cool. Like, and uh, I, I had a chance when Gene Autry owned the Angels, the singing cowboy. I didn't know what that meant. I just thought it was a nickname. I didn't realize that he was a country music guy and he was in movies and things like that. And I only saw Gene Autry when he was like really freaking old. But I wonder what it was like to watch a Gene Autry film when he was young. And my dad told me stories about John Wayne this and John Wayne that. And so any of those old Westerns, you can go back to what the – Red River, I think, was one of the classics right back in the day, or Stagecoach. I, don't, I mean, there's tons of those old Western movies with John Wayne that uh, that was in them. And as Kevin pointed out, the line that we use all the time from the man who shot Liberty Valance, John Wayne was in that movie with uh, with James Stewart and a bunch of other people that were big in that day. And any any westerns, Billy the Kid or anything, pop out to you there, Danny? Or are you not a western guy? the modern Westerns that they film, you know, that they've filmed in the past few decades. I like those like unforgiven. Oh, that was uh, the early nineties, right? Early nineties. Yeah. Morgan Freeman um, movies like that. I really like. And also I love the Western TV shows. There's that inspire TV channel. And sometimes on weekday mornings, as I'm doing my computer work for Covino and rich, I'll have on in the background shows like rawhide. <laughs> those old black and white or early color western tv shows they're pretty cool man the writing some of the acting is a little corny but the storylines and the use of rifles and guns and gunfights i really like that stuff yeah they don't make those anymore there's the, that, they, that age has passed right there's no more westerns they're not making westerns anymore. oh yeah there's a lot of bank robbing and there's a lot of um kitty and the the dolly and the girl who's all dressed up with the the coke bottle curves giggity, 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 giggity. oh you yeah. know what i mean nothing the- wrong with that i read a story the other day that you know the 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 western hero uh calamity jane yeah total bullshit that she was not she just lied about everything like everything total bullshit like one of the great liars of all time but she's that's an example. When the legend becomes the fact, you go with the legend. Like she made up like 99% of the, the stuff that was told about her. She just made up. She made up her own nickname, Calamity Jane. Wild. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pierre from the lobby at the MGM Springfield Mass, not down the street from the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame where Muppet McGraw's enshrined. He says, following up from last weekend and your tale of your trip to visit your cousin in Arizona, any chance that during one of your upcoming visits that you pay off your bet and walk from Phoenix to Tucson? I mean, it's only been about 17 and a half years, so no rush. Pierre, I have been through this with you before. The late, great Andrew Ashwood, may he rest in peace. Uh, I told he was the boss of Fox Sports Radio at the time I made that statement when Arizona blew a ridiculous lead to Luther Head and Darren Williams and in the fighting Illini in an NCAA tournament game. And I went to, to, to the boss at Fox Sports Radio, the big boss at the time, and I said, listen, I want to do this. I'm a man of my word. I want to do it. And Andrew looked at me and he looked up and down. He did the elevator eyes and he said that I would not make it from our studios to Riverside without dropping dead. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he said that there's no way I can allow you to do that. And uh, I said, no, no, no. We'll get like an RV and, you know, we'll have a daily updates and we'll get sponsors. And uh, he said, no. No, 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 no. He said so. That uh, that never. He said happened. there was no amount of Premier Networks insurance that could cover this stunt. 
Exactly. Exactly. But in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, how bad could it be? And uh, I'll walk a little bit every day and eventually I'll get to where I need to go. And yeah. Uh, and uh, now, man, Lou Olson's gone. A lot of those people from that game are long gone. All right. Next up, we have Adrian in the Mile High City he says, Ben and Danny G, you're raising Arizona Saturday podcast brought back some old memories for me. When I was five years old, my dad moved our family from Colorado to Phoenix as he had a job opportunity at the Maricopa County Jail. We lived in Phoenix from 1990 to 1995, which, of course, were the glory days of Sir Charles and the Suns. The Phoenix Suns were the first pro team I started following as a kid. And he says, Ben, you mentioned the madhouse on McDowell, the old home of the Suns, the Arizona Memorial Coliseum. I remember attending Suns games with my dad, at that venue and uh, what was then brand spanking new American West Arena. Uh, Adrian says, I'll never forget the 1993 NBA finals between the Suns and Bulls or the late great Paul Westfall guaranteeing uh, a guarantee leading up to the finals. Or how about Shazam, the legendary Al McCoy, the voice of the Suns. I was seven years old during those 1993 finals, and I remember sitting next to my dad on the couch watching the games on TV, crying when John Paxson made the three-pointer in game six to seal the championship. Uh, and he says, do you remember any of these names, Ben? Uh, and Danny, you got uh, Sir Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson, Thunder Dan Marley, Cedric Sabalos, Frank Johnson, Danny Ainge, Mark West, Tom Chambers, Richard Dumas, and Oliver Miller. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely, Adrian. I remember so many of those. Actually, I remember all those names. Uh, I go down the wow. list. How about that famous KJ dunk where yeah. he rose? He jumped about as high as you've ever seen a basketball player jump. Yeah. Well, Tom Chambers had one of the great dunks of all time, but he was with the, I think he was with the Sonics at the time, if I remember correctly, but he had a crazy dunk. And I have a great Oliver Miller story. Uh, that I've told a few times over the years. A buddy of mine is a reporter from Germany, and he covers international basketball. And Oliver Miller, at the end of his NBA career, was playing in Europe. I, I think it might have been Germany. might have been Poland. But he was playing somewhere in Europe, and he didn't like the food, the local food, the local delicacy, Danny. Didn't think it was very good. So he stayed at a hotel that had, like, an American-themed diner. And... Apparently, he didn't like his hotel room either because the legend is that Oliver Miller sat in the restaurant from morning to afternoon to evening until he had to go to the game and would eat, like, cheeseburgers, like, all day. He was like, he's eating cheeseburgers. Yes. Just enjoying his yeah. life. And, uh, and Hashtag Cedric, life goals. Exactly. And Cedric Sabalos actually worked at Fox Sports Radio. We We had Cedric on our payroll for a brief amount of time. So he was, he that's was right. Great. And, uh, now how about thunder Dan Marley? Oh, that was great. Love watching him play. Yeah, that was a good team. I, I thought the Suns were going to beat the bulls that year. I thought they had, had the ability to do it. Uh, they did have the ability. They, they ended up gagging, but so be it. Anyway, says, uh, thanks for mentioning the madhouse on McDowell and, uh, and Al McCoy. I, I met him too. That was pretty cool. And I, I, I told Al that I when I was a kid we get we have family in Arizona so I go to Arizona a lot when I was a child and I remember badgering my mom I have to eat at Whataburger because we'd have Whataburger in California like, I <laughs> Whataburger. 
my mom's like, why the heck do you want to eat at Whataburger? I said, because at late at night, I would get the Suns games on 620 out of Phoenix. KTAR, the station. I get it late at night. I still remember the station. And I'd listen to Al McCoy call the Suns games. And he, when somebody on the Suns would hit a three-pointer, he'd say, what a shot. What a burger. You know, like that whole thing. That was the – and so I went up to Al and I told him that. And he smiled. And he was an old man. And this is several years back. And he told me – he was very proud of the fact that was like one of the first product placements in an NBA broadcast. That that commercial for Whataburger, that that was that was very unorthodox for the time. So that was kind of cool. It was like their version of logos on a jersey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sponsor logos. Now everyone's doing it. Noah in Austin writes and he says, "Question for Big Ben and Danny G: What is your favorite curse word? And also, what is one rule that you wish you could change at your job?" All right. Uh, I think the the greatest curse word is the F word, fuck, because you can use it in a positive context and a negative context. It's really the Swiss Army knife of curse words. You can say, man, I'm so fucking happy, or go fuck yourself, you fucking piece of shit. Like, there's so many different ways you can say it, right? It's it's really interchangeable. Uh, you, could, you could say, knock off this fuckery. Yeah. Man, you're going to get a lot of bleeps in this, Danny, but that's that's where it's at for me, the F word. Ever since our meet and greet, Ben, I stopped bleeping our curse words. Oh, you did? Okay. All right. Yeah. Let it rip. Yeah. Let it rip. The guys yep. like the bad words. They enjoy the bad words. It's true. And we and we don't say them that often, but because this question is based in shit and fuck, <laughs> I, Ben, I like shit. Shit should be allowed on the radio. I, There's a I bunch of shit on the Every day there's shit on the radio, and it's so stupid that we can't say that word. It is dumb because it's it doesn't belong. It doesn't have the same power as fuck or the C. Exactly. You know. Um, yeah. You know. You know what I'm saying? It, like asshole, bitch. Like you're right. The f word, the c word. Okay, if you want to police those a little bit, so our little kids aren't walking around dropping those words constantly. I get it. But at school, Ben, in the mornings, the kids say shit all the time. They don't overuse it, but they use it in the right circumstances. Yeah. And this has always been the funny thing about the way adults operate. And now I guess I'm an adult, which I hate saying, but I am. I mean, I talk about sports, but my entire life, and I'm pretty sure my parents' life, they always work to not have kids say bad words, right? Not be exposed to bad words. But the filthiest place to hear bad words is a playground. So if society for 80, 100, 150 years has tried to keep kids from learning these bad words, and yet if you go to a playground, you hear every one of these words, do they not understand it's not quite working out? Their plan's not quite working out. Do they get it? You know what I'm saying? If you, you feel me on that, you know, you know what I'm going, you know, anyway. And by the way, that is the one rule that I would like to get rid of at work. The FCC rules. I feel like if we were able to talk freely, then that would add that much more to our content and our fun. Yeah, no, it would if we didn't have to worry. But but then at the same time, you've got the the. Uh... The people out there that are just waiting for you to say the wrong thing that it oh you can't say that yeah. oh my god ah, la, 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 la. get a life that's what I tell those people get a freaking life yeah all right Jeremy from Vermont 
writes in for both uh, you, Ben, and Danny G. Have either of you been to Vermont? And would you, if you had the chance, and what would you uh, look forward to uh, that you have heard about Vermont? So uh, there's uh, there's Jeremy, who's a big fan, it sounds like, of his home state of Vermont. Uh, so, yes, of course I've heard of Vermont. And when I... When I worked remotely for WEI in Boston for a couple of years, uh, some of the guys, they they lived in uh, New Hampshire and some of the guys lived in uh, Vermont. Uh, doesn't our friend, uh, the, the, the one and only Arnie Spanier, isn't he Mr. Vermont? Not only is he Mr. Vermont, Ben, but yeah. every year he sends those Christmas bags in huge boxes to the studios and in each bag, he puts Vermont syrup, pancake mix, and beef jerky from Vermont. All really good products. So I would like to visit Vermont, but to me, that's all I think of is what I can go eat uh, and pour on pancakes. Yeah, like I, I mean, it's beautiful. I know, you know, the geography is the same as Massachusetts, and you get outside the cities, and it's just so, so beautiful. As long as you're not there in the winter when everything's dead, but uh, a lot of outdoor stuff. I, mean, I think of Vermont. I think of hiking and looking at the forest and you know, like a scenic drive or something like that. Or if you're into any kind of outdoor activities, there's a lot of like little lakes and things like that and streams in Vermont. But I'd love to. I I hope, and I don't know if this is going to work out, Jeremy, but I, my I'm dating myself here, but my niece. Uh, is going to graduate from high school in New York. So I'm going to be back there in the summer of 2023. And my goal is if I time it right, if I get enough time off, I'm going to drive up to Maine. So I'll drive through from New York to Maine and maybe I'll take the train back. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But uh, I want to you know, stop along the way as much as I can and see a lot of places I haven't seen. I've I've driven from New York to Boston. So I've been through Connecticut and Rhode Island and, but I haven't been to Vermont, and I have not been to uh, New Hampshire. So that has not, uh, not happened. I think we'll get out on that. Danny, yes, I think we're a little late, but we'll get out on that. I want to thank Fred in Spring, Texas, uh, J-Bone in Maine, and uh, Bob from Parts Unknown who ripped Marcel, John in Northern California. This is Bob. I'm ready to bring the gas. Yeah, exactly. John's getting ready to go back to the ballet. He I think he wanted some advice on the ballet, but we'll get out there. Listen, if you didn't get your email here, send it again next week. If you want to be part of this mailbag, we'd love to have you. Great questions this week. Realfifthhour at gmail.com. Realfifthhour at gmail.com. Danny, congratulations. You're you're getting close to to bailing out here and getting, getting hit, so I'm happy for you. Yeah, man, it's going to be a fun trip to Maui. I'm trying to get over this little cold. I think I headed it off at the pass, Ben. But if in the next couple of days I don't feel 100%, I'm definitely going to go the garlic route. I'm going to pull a Ben Maller. Well, you'll keep the vampires away, if nothing else. You might not keep the cold away, but you'll keep the vampires away. You get away from me. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day. I'll be back on the radio tonight at 11 o'clock in the West and, of course, 2 a.m. in the East. And we'll do the, the same old song and dance, break down all these NFL games and the good, the bad, and the ugly, and all that. And we'll talk to you then. Later, skater. Got a murder. Got to go. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.